Welcome back to the Constant Quest podcast with Team and Taylor. We're coming to you today from a brand new location that I'll let Taylor hit on in just a minute. Really excited to be here today uh, with our second guest that I will leave hanging in suspense for a little while. If by chance you didn't look at the title of this podcast on your iPhone before you hit play, we'll keep it a secret for a few more minutes who our guest is, but I'm really, really excited about having them on the podcast today. Um, but before we do that, we'll check in with Taylor a little bit and see how it's going. What's up, Taylor? Going well, man. Um, yeah, we are filming from Park Road Park in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I was talking to team the other day and I was like, man, last week we broke tradition and had a guest on. It's like, I don't know if we can break tradition again and go back to the same location in my apartment. So, uh, and I'm glad we didn't because, uh, it is beautiful out here today. I don't know if you guys can hear some of the birds, sunny and bright. And I always love to be in a park, even though I feel like we're in the middle of the city, kind of feel like we're out in nature. Really pretty out here today, right in front of the pond. But I was thinking, you know, I know we always kick it back and forth about the previous episode, typically. I don't know about you, man, but I was super happy with the way the last episode went. I know it was the first time we had a guest on, and I felt like, ironically, I could actually be more present because I didn't feel like I had to listen with 80% and have 20% of me ready to respond to things that you said. So um, I was happy to have the three-person dynamic. I also just felt like Nicole's awesome. And uh, I got multiple feedback unsolicited that they were like, she just has this soothing voice. And I was like, yeah, she used to do like the meditations and things for like, I think it was Calm or these other apps. Um, but yeah, she just has a super calming voice. And I feel like She's just one of those people that for me, like comes across as being like very wise and does a, done a lot of work on herself and stuff. So I know it's always a, a bit of a leap of faith when we you change things up in life. And for us to go away from the two person podcast to have somebody else on, you know, there's always a little bit of like, well, how is this going to work? And I was just really happy with how it went. So I don't yeah. know if you thought the same thing. But. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I thought it was really, really went well. Got some good feedback as well. You know, it was also the first time that we did a. I guess, virtual episode or whatever you call it, where we were not in person with each other. So that was kind of interesting in and of itself to get accustomed to um, just sitting in a room by yourself and talking on a screen and looking at y'all that way instead of having the in-person element, which I think I always prefer the in-person part. I just think you feed off of, of energy. Um, but with that being said, I don't think that we lost that with Nicole. So I, I was really happy to to kind of have that part. Yeah. And it was really cool to have, have an additional person on there. I mean, like we've said several times, yeah, we can talk about our thoughts and beliefs and values and experiences and all that, but there's only so many times that, uh, that we can say the same things about ourselves and, and keep it interesting and new and fresh. And so I think that was a, a huge part to have her come in and talk about a part that we're both passionate about, but also provide some incredible new insight, I think in an area that that we both pursue and are passionate about yeah for sure that was another thing we had talked about before right the diversity component of not just having not that i don't feel like we have our own unique experiences and stuff and hopefully kind of break down some of these stereotypes of southern men but uh always good to have like a woman on who was from the west coast and just grew up in a very different way so yeah completely agree with you yeah so as for today's guest i'll do a little brief introduction and I probably won't do it justice because I'm sure that they do a lot more than than I even know about but 
Today we have my friend, my good friend, Rosanna Gill from my hometown, more or less of North Augusta. We've known each other for a long time and have been good friends. And I'm really excited about having you on today, Rosanna, because I just think that you bring so many different um, experiences and beliefs and ideas and skill set to the podcast where, you know, up until this point, Taylor and I have sort of had one specific word or theme for our podcast episode, and we've worked around that. And of course, we branch off into different uh, sub conversations from there, but we've kind of kept it pretty structured in that way, I guess, with one topic. And I just feel like that you embody a lot of the things that we've already talked about. And so I think that that's awesome. Um, but also, I just think that with, based on our conversations over the years, I think that we'll probably go all over the place. And I'm really excited about just kind of letting it flow as it is. But Rosanna is, like I said, from, I guess, Aiken, technically, South Carolina. She has a background in the corporate world as well, similar to Taylor and I. And in the insurance world specifically and public relations and management with that. She is, I don't want to spoil it, but become an entrepreneur and had that itch for a while, also similar um, to what we've had. So I'm excited to talk about that. And she has, I don't know, probably a dozen different certifications and teaching breath work, hypnotherapy. Um, I'll, we'll dive more into that so she can give a more comprehensive list. Uh, but anyway, with that being said, Rosanna, welcome to the podcast today. I needed to clear my throat for like the last two minutes, but I didn't want to do it while y'all talking and blow my cover. <laughs> no, it's so good to be here. It's so exciting to be here. Yeah. To see where it goes. Yeah. I, um, I've been thinking leading up to this episode. I mean, I don't know where to start or where to go, but I've, I've been thinking about how I remember when you and I were having conversations when you were still employed in the corporate world and you had talked about the idea of wanting to do a podcast and we shared a lot of thoughts about that. And, you know, it's something that I think a lot of people want to do, but the vast majority of the people that want to do it never get started with it. And you were certainly an inspiration for me and in that, that I think when you have something in your mind that you won't do, you just do it and you don't really care what other people think and whether it's successful or unsuccessful in other people's eyes, it's, it's just, I'm just always inspired by your ability and willingness to just try something. And so with the podcast specifically, you know, I followed your journey with that from the days of, I just want to do it. I have some ideas. I don't know where it's going to go. So if you want to talk a little bit about how the process was starting your podcast and, mm -hmm. and touch on what multiple podcasts, plural, mm -hmm. and what they are and how that process was. Not to disagree with what you said, but the funny thing about my podcast is I had bought my microphone to do my podcast three or four years before I ever recorded the first episode. I'd gotten a bonus at work and I was like, doing it this year. I'm doing it. And then I got back into the swing of the corporate like quotas. And, and I'm like, this is what I need to do. And I've always really struggled with kind of reconciling being, I don't think of myself as an overachiever. I think I'm just, I think I'm an achiever but reconciling doing what I think I need to do or who I, how I need to be at work to be in integrity and to do what I think is right by who I'm employed by and wanting to do what I want to do and what I feel called to do. So I say that all that's all that to say, I had the microphone that is actually currently in the back of my SUV now. I had it for like three or four years and then COVID hit. And COVID I understand is, you know, obviously a lot of loss. For me, it was a very emotional time and also a very revealing time 
because my lifestyle, my corporate lifestyle of being on the road every single night, going to meetings, do, making presentations, going to networking things stopped. And I realized one, I didn't actually like being on the road that much. I liked being home at night, but I hadn't for the 12 years or almost 12 years I've been with the company, that was just my life. And I didn't think anything of it. And so finally I got to realize one, I didn't really like being around people as much as I had been. <laughs> and two, I finally had time to just sit and think and to think, what do I want to do? I hadn't been happy in my role in a while, but I just never really devoted the time. And I don't think if COVID had not happened, I don't know when that would have happened because I just had nothing else to do. And so I ended up leaving the company I'd been with for almost 12 years. So that was the first thing I had to take that leap of faith. And once I kind of got over the fear of jumping or doing something so different, it was actually pretty easy to start the podcast after that. Cause it's like, well, I already did this thing. I'd been terrified to do for like five to seven years. So what, what's it going to hurt to record some episodes and like, just talk and get to interview people. And I also, I still remember when I realized what the theme of the first podcast breaking labels was going to be. I was listening to a book <laughs> by a playboy playmate, one of Hugh Hefner's um, girlfriends, actually Holly Madison. And I remember listening to it and just being blown away that like, there was so much to her than what I had seen on the reality show that I love to watch. And I remember thinking, I think it's so cool that I get to hear this whole other side of her, like her story beyond this image and beyond like what people think is her thing. But the average person doesn't really get to do that. Like we're all just kind of minimized and reduced to these labels or these preconceived notions that people have about us. And that was, it was just like this, like my mind just started spinning and I was like, that's it. It's gotta be something that I get to focus on the labels that people carry, whether they put them on themselves or they're put on them because of the way they look or where they're from and talk about who they are as a person beyond the label. And so that was my first baby. My first podcast was Breaking Labels. Breaking Labels. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I think about Taylor and I have been very intentional with with how we want to define success with the podcast. And I remember talking to you when you chose the music and you chose the title and then you got the artwork and all the stuff, you, you know, it was just, it was such an exciting, I just enjoyed going through that with you. And then you started getting your first few guests and you would have a conversation and you would, you would say, man, like, Oh my gosh, I just got off this phone call and I feel amazing. And, and if, if you just stop right there, it's a success, you know, and then you got feedback from the people that you were interviewing or, or having conversations with, and that's an even bigger success. And so, you know, that's how I would define it. That's how we have talked about defining is like, when we had our first conversation, we stood up and we we're like, I got something out of it. You got something out of it. Nothing else matters at all, you know? Yes. And, and so the numbers and the viewership or whatever is secondary or tertiary or further down the list than that, because um, I, I just, I think that's how the success should be defined. And I, I know I've had some good conversations with you about that i love it yeah i i couldn't agree more and i think that oftentimes we look at these like tangible metrics it's like well how many people listen to it and yes. that sort of thing it's like forget all that how did it make you feel right when you got done i remember we got done team and it was like you know so energized like literally i'm like i don't know had so much energy right it was like get energized like watching a football game or something it was like exactly like that i'm like i'm so pumped up like i don't care if anybody people can look at that and be like your podcast sucks and certainly that probably would have affected me to a degree but 
yeah and i think that too often we just get caught into this trap of like uh, what other people think about us right in the, in the podcast sense or like other ways too it's like well how did you feel about it and if i don't know i feel like it goes back a little bit of our conversation around intuition not to take it too down that not to take it too far down that path but uh yeah nobody can tell you the way you feel right like that's unique to you and so that was one thing that i felt like stood out you, you made a couple other comments rosanna that just stood out to me yesterday i was looking at your instagram and you in one of the posts you had said something about oftentimes people who are perfectionists are the worst procrastinators because they want to do things perfect and so when you said you bought a microphone and kind of sat on it for three to four years that's what i thought about right because people see you now and they're probably like wow what a what a risk taker you are right but in your mind you're probably thinking back God, i could have been accelerated this path yes. and done it three to four years earlier so i just thought that was one thing that stu stood out and then another one that we had talked about uh, last week and presence that i know that i've certainly gone through and that nicole had talked about as well was uh I'm so big on it. And I think it's so hard for us to do is just taking the time and space. I think it can be like so scary. And, and thankfully, you were, you had mentioned being kind of forced into that position of like, well, COVID like may force me into that space, right? But I think you still had to be the person to say, wow, this is different. And let me sit on this for a while. I think too often, we want the answer immediately, right? Here's space for two weeks. Here's a month. Yeah. Here's six months. It's like, well, I got to get moving now maybe you do maybe you don't like maybe something just didn't speak to you like continue to give yourself space because i think if you're in touch with who you are the answers will come but we oftentimes try to force it too quickly i love yeah. that especially like the forcing because i am thousand percent guilty of that and like wanting like a microwave answer for something that is supposed to be a lifelong journey and like why can't i get it in 60 seconds like i asked for it why am i not receiving it and it's Two things. So one, that, and I think sometimes that also is very much a part of like, especially if you're in the corporate world and it's like, I've always operated of like, if I want a result, I just have to do the work for it. And yeah, okay, that's fine as far as earning a living and blah, you know, all that stuff. But they're in the space of like your calling and what your greater purpose is and how you contribute to the world or what your next steps are. Sometimes it's not about the work you put in, but what you're willing to listen to and receive. And I am big on like, I've, I've very much in the last few years gotten caught up at different points on like, well, if I do this process and X, Y, Z, then I'm gonna have this result. And it's like, calm your tits. You gotta just sit and listen. And then just cause you sit and listen for five minutes on a Tuesday morning does not mean it's gonna happen then. Like. A lot of times it'll happen when you least expect it, which is also, I just think, so beautiful. It's one of the beautiful things about life. And it might be like when you're on a walk or you're in a conversation and it's just like this aha moment happens. But it's so easy to get caught up in the, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get this in result. And I definitely, absolutely apply that mentality to the journey of the podcast, to the journey of becoming an entrepreneur and what is my, like, what am I doing? What am I creating in this world? And it's, nothing has worked out the way i thought and it has not at all been tied to directly tied to oh i post a certain amount or i do all these things perfectly that's not been what's really been go like furthering it's just been the things that are done i think from a really authentic place the things that light me up like you said those conversations where you walk away and you feel energized and you feel great and it's like anytime you're doing something in life and you walk away feeling energized and not drained, there's your hint. 
You don't need a three-step process to figure out what brings you joy. You don't need a three-step pro three-step process to figure out like what's a business idea. What in the world brings you joy and energizes you? It's just that simple. And there doesn't necessarily have to be a monetary gain mm -hmm. attached with that. If you if you go through your process or and you walk away and you feel energized, as you just said, if if you do that over and over and over again, I mean, I I would consider that repeated success, regardless of the monetary part. Of course, we know we live here. We've got to make money. We've got to survive. And that part becomes critical, too. But they're not necessarily, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just so hard here that everything just seems to be driven by the almighty dollar. And mm -hmm. that's where we live. And I understand it. I mean, it's I want to make money, too. I'm, I, you know, but I'm also interested in going to a career that's going to cut my pay in half. And I'm I'm okay with that. I'll I'll figure it out. <laughs> Sorry. Ladybug <laughs> Ladybug just landed on my glasses. She was she good luck co signed what you said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> good luck for our podcast today, I guess. But yeah, I'll 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 figure it out in other ways. And I don't I don't want those two things to be so closely tied together with like fulfillment and success in my eyes with monetary gain. No, that was just one thing I thought when you were saying that. It's honestly hard for me to envision any scenario where if you're that energized and you're following your passion, I mean, I hate to say it this way because you can't look at it this way. You have to follow your passion and not think about this side of it. Name one person who's consistently followed their passion, done things that they were energized about, and it was just like they're destitute out on the street. No, like when you're energized and you have something to give to the world, the dollars will follow in some way, shape, or form. But I don't feel like you can be focused on that. Right. Like, no matter who you are, you know, like, you're going to have some moment where it's like, oh, so I, I feel like it's funny. We tend to follow people. Like, at some point, somebody has to be the first mover. Somebody has to be the one with 100 followers, right? And then there's like, oh, one person saw it and Oprah, like, reposted something. And then it's like, boom, I don't need Oprah to tell me who's somebody who speaks to me. So I feel like at some point, we're all starting from this, like, lower position, so to speak. You're going to get your name out there. Your word's going to get out there. And I feel like the dollars will follow. And dollars shouldn't even be on your mind. You know, like focus right. on something that brings you joy and like sets your soul on fire and like go down that path. The other thing that you were saying, Rosanna, that I think was important was I think we live in a society that I think is really focused on doing, right? I know, tell me what is the, at the end of this five-step process, right? And like, where am I going to be then? And then I'll go into that. I think the, one of the things that's really hard when you talk about creating space is it's a process of like letting go. Mm. And I've also found that like that can be so difficult because, you know, we grow up and we're all a we're all a product of like the experiences that we had and the way that we've grown up and the society that we've been in and like, cultural norms. One of the things that I've had to continually challenge myself is like, what about this like creative space that I feel like gets limited by that stuff? And so if I can let go and say, I used to think that it was possible. I hate to use money because I don't think that should be our driver, but oftentimes feel like it's the easiest thing to like explain in these terms. Like if I grew up in a really poor family, I would say like, man, making six figures, it's just, that's, that's the top goal. If I can get there, right. There's other people who grew up making more than that. And their goal might be make a million dollars a year. Right. And so I just feel like we're automatically influenced by our baseline. I think okay. when you can start to like, let go of things and say, I, I think my life can be this good. It's like, well, you might be looking at like a level five out of 10, like from a blank slate, if you were a child and you could like design what that would look like. That should be our starting point, not like limiting ourselves based on our experiences. So I say all that to say, I feel like that process of letting go for me has been like, wow, I still feel like I was holding on to things of what I was like capable of and limiting myself. I mean, I truly do feel like we have this limitless potential 
it's just in our ability to let go and reframe what we actually think like we're we have the capability to do mm-hmm. is like that we're always limiting ourselves and so yeah it's not a process of doing for me it's a process of like taking away stuff and allowing yourself to dream and create and i think that's what your first podcast really speaks to right you say that on the introduction um it's called breaking labels you want people on there that that talk about they had self-limiting beliefs and that they stared them right in the face and addressed them and and went further beyond where they ever dreamed that they could go because they address those those types of limits that Taylor's talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm stuck on something you said, because as far as the monetary, I mean, for me, that has been a huge driver. And I think, and it's funny because I kind of had the aha moment as you two were speaking. I'm like, oh, that is why I really struggled to like embrace positive feedback about the podcast or be really satisfied. Because for me, it was like, Yes, I want to do something that's purposeful, but I did grow up in a family where like we always talked about how much money we had for food for the week. And I remember having a conversation with someone, God, it's 22, 23. And he and I were talking about like what we went to college for, what we wanted to do. And I told him, I said, listen, I went to school. I wanted to be the next Oprah. I want to have my own talk show. I was like, but I didn't see a path for that. I have bills to pay and I'm not going to live like my parents. So that'd be great. But like, I got to eat and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to at some point be in a position where I can take care of my parents. So it's been hard to reconcile, like going after the path, going after what I feel called to do and what lights me up and still leaving this. But if, if I don't take care of them, who will? And I have worked so hard for so many years to not be in that situation that it, it was, it's been very difficult. But I think there's also something really great that like the universe, God, the fort, whatever you want to call it, will always meet you where you are. So like I was brought to breath work because I was in a group coaching program working on limiting the beliefs about money. And it's like, and I think that there's something so amazing about the fact that I could get so focused and distracted by this thing that I really had as an idol. And I could still find something that I never would have been open to otherwise. Like if somebody had told me like, you should try breath work, I'd be like, what's the end result? What do I get for it? Why? I breathe every day. Seem to be doing okay because I'm still alive. Like I would never have been open to it. Now, if somebody had said, hey, you should try breath work because you can lose weight or if you can like make money, I would be like, oh, all right, I'll try it. But like literally if it was not for those things, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna do it. That's the whole reason I'd never done yoga. Well, I tried yoga, but I got very frustrated because I was like, how many calories am I burning? Why are we just sitting here in this one pose forever? I've went to one, the last time I tried a yoga class, it was supposed to be hip hop yoga and they played Britney Spears and I was like, I'm out. So I just <laughs> lay down and napped. I was like, if you think Britney Spears is hip hop, I don't know what to do, but I am not, this is not for me. So I was so, so in that zone of like, end result, end result, end result. It has to be this. And even with the podcast, as much as like, I loved those conversations so much, as much as it created, it actually was very aligned with, I've always said, I just want to leave my corner of the world better than I found it. That has always been like this, like driving mission. And I was doing that and I still was like, but it's not blowing up, but it's not like getting shared or. Like it was so, it was, that was like very ego, right? Very ego pride driven, but it was, it was very hard. I know that was 
one thing that was difficult for you to leave your your corporate job mm -hmm. was was because of those driving factors and um, maybe it happened later than you wanted it to or thought it was going to but does that is that different now do you feel differently about the monetary attachment or the or the stats or the achievements or whatever however you want to say it do you feel differently about that today and how has that shifted mm -hmm. over the time of understanding yourself better and what's important better and the things that you value maybe differently Mm -hmm. I think I'm still going through it. Like I would love to say, oh no, I have it all figured out. But I still something like I have days where I'm so at peace and I'm so happy and I'm like, I know what I'm doing, or at least I know I'm going in the right direction and I don't have to have 30 steps ahead of me visible. Like I'm good with the first two in front of me. But then there are days where it's like, but I still got to live in this world where money is important and I still want to do things that require money. And so it's like, Man, you, it's, it is a constant, constant practice of, like you said, letting go, releasing, feeling the gratitude of what is. Not what can be from what is, but just what is right now. And it's, I think also for me, my journey had to include me leaving the job, I'm out deuces i'm gonna figure it out now that i have the guts to leave it now that i have this i know what i want to do it's all going to fall into place and it didn't not in the way i thought it would and it was so humbling and it was so like again stripping like i was driving for lyft last last year which i love doing because again i get to have those conversations with people these beautiful beautiful conversations that i think sometimes can only happen when people know that they're never going to see you again and they can just truly be open and they can truly like release and whether we talk about breath work or hypnotherapy or anything to have those conversations was so special but i also had to look there were also those moments on my low days where i was like i finally had the title i finally had the the income that i i had the six-figure income that to me growing up was like done like my parents are never gonna make six figures if i can man i have made it, it is all worth it and I left it and I'm driving for Lyft. And I was like, what in the actual hell? And those, those were the low days, right? But then I would have a conversation with someone and I could tell that after that conversation, there would have been this weight lifted off of them. And I would just be like, okay, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why this is happening, but I know this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Was it hard for you and how much of that was tied to like public perception? I was talking about with Teen about this mm. yesterday or the day before. Like you just said that, you know, you made you hit that goal, right? I was making six figures. I was doing well, but something else spoke to you, right? And so you started driving Lyft as an interim path, like a bridge to get you where you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And so the interesting thing about your comment is you felt like you were on the right path, but there was still something that was like, oh, shit, which I think goes back to your point before. It's a continual process of letting go. You're trying to reframe your beliefs and like your values that were created at a really young age, right? You grew yeah. up and your parents were counting dollars every week and it was like, not me. I'm not going to count the dollars. I want to be able to provide for them. And then you got to the point you're like, I hit what I thought was going to bring me all this fulfillment and happiness. And you kind of put it off to the side and said, actually, something else is talking to me. So how much of that? Because you said you, you questioned yourself while you were driving for Lyft. I think most people listening to this would be like, but you made the conscious decision to go down that path. And I think it's really good to hear about how vulnerable people are because we don't just get to this point where it's like, I think there's people out there would say, if I could just find something to speak to me, it would be really easy. Yeah. 
it is a continual process just overcoming that fear because you're constantly breaking down these beliefs that were deeply ingrained in you. So I don't know, it just struck me when you said that. So I was like, but you're going down your ideal path. Mm -hmm. What was that like? And I'm sure you still fight it today, you know? Well, I think part of it is because to me, I was like, again, it's, and now I don't think I've ever really thought of it this way, but again, it's applying that if A, if I do A plus B, then I will get C. And to me, it was like, well, I took the leap, so everything's going to work out. Like, that's my my happy ending. But no, so when you asked about the public perception, and I think it's very easy for me to say it's other stuff, but yes, a thousand percent public perception played a role because I felt like I had something to prove. Like, and it's funny because I don't think anybody cared like a fraction as much as I did. But to me, it was like, I had the job, I had the title. Now I need to show that because I took the leap of faith, I am doing better than ever. And like, everything is just like better than what it could have been at the corporate job immediately, which in hindsight is like so bananas to think about. But that, yeah, I definitely had that. Like I needed to show to everybody, like I'd made the right choice. I needed to prove that I made the right choice. I did the right thing. And I still think I did, but I'm going to have to judge that by vastly different metrics than what I went into it. But I appreciate your flexibility on allowing it to develop however it does, you know, because I think many times we probably overcompensate um, to show that we made, whether it's to stay in the corporate world or leave the corporate world or take a flyer on whatever passion we've got or whatever you want to call it. A lot of times I think we overcompensate because of that public perception to say, man, all these people are going to think this. So I'm, I'm going to show them I made the right decision, you know? And even since I've, I've now talked within my company with some people about uh, my hopes to step away from the corporate world eventually and pursue other passions, it's almost like I feel them get on the defensive. Well, I'm content with where I am. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's oh, awesome. I, I hope you are because I'm leaving because I'm not content. I hope that everyone else is there because they are content. Hopefully everybody's not sitting around like me thinking, I hate this shit mm-hmm. and I wish I wasn't here. I, I, mean, I think it's perfectly fine for people to want to stay there. But anyway, we don't have to get defensive. Like I want people to succeed in whatever they do. I feel like I say that on here a lot, but, but yeah, all of a sudden it becomes this us versus them thing. And we got to jockey for position and show that we did it the right way. And then once we made the decision to take the leap, like you did, now I got to show, man, it's all perfect and glorious out here and rainbows and butterflies. And that ain't the way it always is. And it takes courage and humility to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to go back and drive for Lyft because I need some money. Like I still have to have to have that component. That's super important. That doesn't mean I made the wrong decision. And and I know you've you've got, done some other side projects as well, and that's hopefully even more validating that you made the right decision because you're probably not pulling passion from that. If I had to guess, right. you're still finding fulfillment in your other stuff that you left to pursue. And yeah. so, in my opinion, you know, I commend you for that because I think that's that's a difficult thing to do. You brought up one team that I I was already holding back on a little bit. Of course, all the kids want to come over here to our podcast right now. We're talking, trying to talk about life here. There's uh, a water gun fight right behind us. These people just showed up. We were all by ourselves. But you talked about the perfect path and wanting everything. So you've had something that spoke to you. you go on this path. And you just mentioned it, teen. And it's like, it's all supposed to be perfect. It kind of goes back to in our previous, one of our other episodes, talking about your goal. And you put the goal out there. But then you just focus on the process. 
I think we're all guilty of this. And I don't know why we're this way because we all know we're human beings. And you just mentioned earlier too, Rosanna, like some of the greatest things that happened in your life when it was like, I was down this path and I kind of became open to like an alternative path. And it was like, never even thought that was possible. And it spoke to me. I think for my for myself, and I'm sure you guys would agree with this based on what you just said, it's like, well, I'll just give you a real life example, right? So I'm just starting this fence company and I haven't even launched yet, right? And it's like, I'm talking to people and it's like, you know what? I can't do anything for the rest of my life. So like three to five years, I want to build this in three to five years and I want to sell it. So like, that is the goal at the end. I'm already thinking about like, I know there's going to be ups and downs. I'm like, what if this happens? And what if that happens? Like, it's going to happen. Nobody told us that life was supposed to be perfect. And that like, this is exactly how it's going to go. We should embrace those obstacles. That's what makes life interesting. If it was just like, and I hit this revenue target after six months and this one after a year, and then like I sold it after three to five years, like, I don't want that. I want to deal with like the ups and downs. That's what make life, makes life interesting. And so you reminded me of with your podcast where you're like, I still have some anxiety around, like maybe it's not going at the speed that it's, I want it to go at, right? It's like, if I told you in five years that you would never have to have another job, because that would be like your sole source of income, like, could then you like be happy and just appreciate the day to day? I feel like we want the answer before we're willing to like take the leap and just appreciate the process. And I think we're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of it myself. I just said it. But how do you like your point, team, about the goal versus the process mentality? The goals out there, well, in your case, like we've already followed our intuition. I know it's leading me to the right place. How do I be open to the fact that it might lead me to something a little bit different than what I anticipated? And in return, come back to the present moment and just say, I'm going to be open and honest with myself and I'm not going to get overwhelmed and I'm going to embrace the unknown and do that on a daily basis. And I think that is so incredibly hard as human beings. But anyway, the, both the things that you guys said made me think about that. In this sense, a big thing for me has been now when I looked at, okay, so I did lift and then I was kind of getting to a point where I'm like, all right, I think I'm ready to wind down with that. Plus my car was about to age out of it. I don't know if y'all know, but you can't actually drive lift if your car is over a certain age. So my sweet little Ravi is aged out of lifting. So I was like, all right, so we're going to have to look at another income stream. But again, it is very different to approach a job or a role as this is an income stream that allows me to do what I know I'm called to do versus I have to take this job and my entire worth and my value and everything that I stand on in this life is tied to this title and this pay. It's so different. And now I have the freedom to like, even if I'm having a rough day at the end of the day, I can walk away and be like, all right, well, in this job that I'm doing now as an income stream, did I still stand in who I am? And did I still do my purpose, which is make the corner, my corner of the world better. And I can do that in anything I do. That doesn't have to be just in my business and just in my podcast. Like I get to take all of me everywhere. But when I was so focused on the numbers being one thing and all this, like you lose sight of that. So to your point, like you do, you have to lose it. I was very lucky. Like I have um, a friend who runs an agency that I used to work with and I, I went in and it was really nice to go in and be like, I'm going to tell you something like, I want to do this as an income stream. I don't want to become a manager. I don't want to move up in the company. Like, this is just to help me grow my business. And I said, now, if you're not okay with that, that's fine. But I don't want to come in here and tell you I have a five-year plan and I see myself in five. I do not. Don't. And he was like, cool. That's great. And it's just such a different energy. What are some of the things that you do? You, you talked about, I don't think you said it this way, but the way I heard it was, even though you're 
doing some of those things as a revenue stream um, that you want to stay authentic and mm -hmm. remain centered and be yourself. What are some of the, and I hope this is, we can use this as a segue to get into some of the other things that you've gotten into with breath work and some of the other things, but what are some things that you do to, to cope or to make sure that you're consistently staying within who you want to be, I guess? Coming back to center, like actually incorporating different breathing techniques during the day when I can feel myself getting agitated or getting frustrated or feeling like something other than like, I'm good. Like, actually, I had a I had a meeting the other day. I was on Zoom with someone and I could just I'm not even sure what it was that was said, but I noticed like my breathing sped up. I was breathing very shallowly. I was not listening to understand. I was listening to respond or react. And I, in that moment, I was like, just breathe, just breathe. And I started counting. I, I think that one that time I did four, seven, eight. But I usually do go between box breathing or four, seven, eight during situations like that. And just, again, it just let me come back into the moment and actually be present for the conversation. And there was also this aha moment of, oh, well, maybe that's why things didn't work out kind of the way I thought they would, because how am I going to train people authentically? Like I, I would love to do like corporate trainings on incorporating breath work into your daily life, even in high stress, you know, situations at work. Well, it's very nice when the granola e feel good woo woo person comes in and says be present but it's like heifer i got a quota you want me to be present i got bills to pay and like i get that so i can actually come in and say i understand what that's like i understand when it's like i got five bills and paydays two weeks away how am i gonna like it's very easy to be very dismissive of oh you need to tell me i just need to breathe and i'm gonna feel better and not like do an eye roll and so it's been like this really beautiful, like, oh, okay, I have to get back in this situation and apply what I've been learning as a facilitator, as somebody who guides people through this. And I have real world examples that I can tell people, like, this is how you do it. Can you elaborate for those of us that don't necessarily know what you mean by box breathing and oh, some of the other techniques? Can you kind of just speak to that? So breath work is this huge umbrella term that is, I mean, in essence, just different styles of breathing, right? And like, I do guided journeys, guided breath works that are like 45 minutes long, right? But that's very different than like a box breathing or four, seven, eight, where it's like a five minute technique. And basically what you're doing is you're intentionally altering your style of breathing for a period of time to basically reconfigure how your body is in that moment. So let's say you're in a super, super high stress role. And by the way, box breathing is very, very common or very uh, popular with Navy SEALs, which to me, I'm like, if anybody has been in high stress positions and had to control their responses, I would say it's a Navy SEAL. So box breathing is just breathing in for four counts, holding your breath for four, exhaling for four, then holding it for four. And you just do that. And I'm I'm going to be the first one to admit, like, I am not good at following times. Like, I'll say do it for a few minutes. Honestly, just do it until you feel good. Until all the ah, that's going on in your head starts to calm down. And it will. And you'll notice your body shifting. You'll notice your body softening. All just from breathing. And that, to me, has been, like, the most mind-blowing thing has to realize, like, we have so much control over our bodies, over our responses, over everything. In any moment, you don't have to pop a pill. You don't have to take a drink. You don't have to eat a snack because that's my thing. I love to eat. You can just breathe intentionally and completely shift the trajectory of your day, your mood, your attitude. And then four, seven, eight is four 
counts in through your nose, hold your breath for seven, and then exhale through your mouth for eight. I actually, oh my God, can I tell you, I had a conversation this morning with my friend Audrey and her daughter knew that she was talking to me and she goes, so I guess she woke up, she had a nightmare. She woke up and she was breathing really fast. And she said, can we call Rosanna? She, we can do a breathing. Oh, that's great. I was sitting there making my little omelet and I about cried. And I was like, oh my God. And she was like, can we, can we? And I said, yes, we can. So we did four, seven, eight on the phone for like two minutes. And she was like, I feel better. And her mom was like, all right, well, next time we're going to work on you doing that without squirming, like just sitting still. <laughs> but it was just so beautiful that like, that's what happens when we put the oxygen mask on our self, when we breathe, then we set an example for our children and they, they're just going to follow. And I just think there's something so amazing that this seven-year-old is going to know that at any, like, again, she has that control over herself. She has the resources within herself to come out of this like terror, night terror, and be able to calm herself down. That hits me pretty hard because I was asthmatic, am asthmatic, have been my whole life since I was like three years old. And I was actually just reading uh, in my master's program some things about asthma, but the main anecdote for asthma really is education around uh, identifying the onset and understanding the symptoms. And when it happens, people end up hyperventilating a lot of times. I was one of those people when you have an exacerbation or an asthma attack, and you just feel overwhelmed in that moment. And then you you freak out because you don't recognize this feeling and you can't get out of it. And so then it just worsens and worsens. And so had I had some of those uh, tools and techniques when I was younger, then, you know, maybe I would have dealt with it a little bit better. And I, and, and I think I did some of that when I would go to a doctor. It's like, listen, when you feel this thing, this starts happening. You really don't have to think about anything else other than just calming down and taking some deep breaths. And, you know, it seems so trivial uh, at, at that time and at that age, but yes. you really can't fight through it unless you make yourself sit down and calm down and breathe. So that's really cool that you had that situation with Audrey's um, dog. You guys talked, hit on something. And I think that like, hey, I think it's amazing. And I do completely agree with what you said about like, we have all these things inside of us to heal ourselves. You don't need to go outside or even like expanding that more broadly. We have these things in nature through like, the way that we eat, like other stuff. I'm just constantly amazed that like people discovering this new plant in another part of the world that can help you with this, this just blows my mind. It's almost like everything is out there for us if we're just willing to like explore. But going back to the internal piece, I completely agree with that. And I think that you made something sound hard that I, you made something sound easy that I think can be harder than what it is. And you kind of alluded to it too, team. It's like, if I sat down with you and I do a little bit of breath work myself in, in a different kind of modality, but I think one of the shifts for me and I'm still practicing, which I think is one key point, like you don't just, hey, I learned this one technique and now I'm good to go, right? Yes. I think that the point between saying, noticing like I became stressed or I'm in this heightened state of anxiety or I'm dealing with this emotion and then saying, oh, wow, I actually have a tool for that. That I've even found for myself, that gap there, I'm like, hey, remember, there's mm -hmm. actually a tool and being able to use it because I think, and I was thinking through this as you guys said it, I think it's in human nature to not want to address that emotion. Most of the time I find myself like, nope, I'm not stressed. I'm good to go. And I'm like, I'm like hyperventilating at something, not like I'm exaggerating a little bit because I think I'm pretty good about dealing my emotions and knowing how to use them. But I'm, you know, we're all guilty of this. So I think that like getting to a point where like it's so realizing it's okay to have the emotion, having that awareness around it, sitting with it and then saying, all right, what technique or tool do I have to address it? I think we 
blow through that a little bit where it's like, oh, whenever you start feeling stressed, just do this. It's our natural reaction to run from that. We all have coping mechanisms, right, in different ways. And so I think sometimes it can honestly be frustrating if somebody says, hey, whenever you get stressed, just do box breathing. It's like, well, shit, yes. But like there's a process that it goes through where I think we have to continually train ourselves yes. to say, don't run from the emotion, have the awareness that it's there, and then realize like, oh, well, I do actually have a tool for this. That, again, was part of, again, something I kept having to come back to where I'm like, well, I learned this. Why do I still have to keep implementing it? And it's like, because that's the process. And also, just because you have an awareness of another way to be does not mean that that negates the decades of trained, learned coping mechanisms that you have relied on. And it's not like this like beautiful epiphany and, oh, I heard angels singing and now I know to breathe when I'm stressed. Like, it, I have to keep doing it. And sometimes I make myself, I'll stop it. I'll make myself do breathing exercises when I don't need it so that I'm training my brain. Like, this is something that's good for us. We don't just have to do it in an emergency. And the more I do it, it will be, it will start to feel natural. I don't know when. I really want to have, I really like the corporate mindset of me really wants to tell you that if there is a 12 week program, you are going to be able to handle everything differently at the end. Like, but it's just, that's a lie because you, sometimes we don't even know when we are running because we're so accustomed to running that we don't even notice it. And it's just like, no, that's just how I respond. And it's like, yeah, but at some point you learned that. And that became the safe way for you to be. And your body was like, okay, this is what we do. So yeah, it's going to take time to retrain. I love that you're building, you're almost building this armor before the fact that you need it, right? Instead of saying, hey, I'm in a super vulnerable position, I'm being attacked. It's like, let me get out in front of that. I'm going to build the routine and the tools and have them in place so that it's just part of my daily routine. Like, A, I'm going to get less stressed over the course of the day because I'm practicing breath work on a frequent basis. And then B, when that thing comes, this is just part of a natural routine that I have. So it's already there, right? You're not waiting for it to come. You're getting out in front of that. And I love that because it's, I think we're all creatures of habit and routines can really help. I have a great idea if anybody's interested. If you would be so inclined, could you lead us in a, in a little breath work on the podcast? Is that all right? He's really been wanting to do this. By the way. I love that Teen brings these up before. It sounds so spontaneous. He's like, this thing just came to me. And it's like number three on his list. But I love it because it almost sounds like this little, it almost sounds like this little kid. Hey, guys, I got something I want to do. Will somebody kick the soccer ball? Yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. I just had this great idea. It just hit me. He told me about this last week. He's like, maybe we can do the new breath work. And I was like, I'm, I'm open to that. I'm pretty sure I told Rosanna that too. The day I asked her about you. This is this is our podcast, by the way. There's full vulnerability. I hate podcasts where they just tee up questions where it's like, I just had this random thought, Rosanna, would you be so inclined? Yeah, right. Even I mentioned to you last week, and we probably already chose exactly what we were going to do. Yeah, well, we're not that organized. Team probably just threw it out there. I would be pissed <laughs> off if you didn't come. <laughs> You have the floor. Okay, well, I want you to sit. Okay. okay. So what we're going to do, this is something called priming. So we're actually going to incorporate breath work and also physiology. So we're going to be doing our arms like this. And you're going to focus on breathing through your nose. And I want you to focus more on the exhale, a very quick exhale. When you say arms like this, yes. everybody won't necessarily watch this, this on the video. The Hopefully the video will be out one day, but... If you'll just describe the movement. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Okay, so first the breathing, we're going to... So you're breathing out through your nose. Are you doing a full inhale? More, no, not really. 
like, again, focus on just, just the exhale and the inhale will take care of itself. There you go. Like your body already knows what it needs to do. So it's going to take care of the inhale. You focus on the exhale. They're going to do it very quick. And while we're breathing like that, we're going to raise our arms above our shoulders, shoulder width apart. You can have your arms in the fist. Why are you laughing? Yeah, I was. No, I want the teacher to teach without all the comedy around it. But I was trying to do the nose part, and I put a little snot rock in. Oh, that's a part of it. Yeah, because okay. you did it right. You okay. did just right. Okay, good. Well, I'm actually doing it wrong, and it yeah. snot rock. You get in it. The snot's just gonna fly. So, <laughs> so we're going to bring our arms down like you are pulling. So pull downward on your arms. There you go, and have your fists at shoulder shoulder what's this height height there you go and then you're going to go back up so is it, is it sinking with my breath yes yeah, so what you're going to do will you put your arm back up at the top and when you exhale through your nose is when you bring your arms down so there you go so when we're in it we're going to be going pretty fast okay i'm mildly concerned that we're going to flip the stable um but we'll see okay so that's what we're going to do we're going to do that for 10 counts of 10 or excuse me three counts of 10. Okay. And then after that, I'm going to have you put your hands on your, your laps, palms up. And I want you to just close your eyes and just listen. So we're going to do three sets of 10. Pause. I'll guide you through a little, I want to call it meditation, whatever you want to call it. And then we'll do two other sets of the breathing like that. Okay. Sure. So are we ready? Yes. Everybody, please follow along at home or in your car or in your desk. Yes, Maybe so not in your car if you're driving. <laughs> Definitely do not do this while driving you or can, operating heavy machinery. You can drive with your knee for God, a second. We've been trying to get you from stop texting when you're driving. Here you are. You want to be able to do breath work. Right. <laughs> Interactive, full-blown body. I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. If you're able. Can you send the liability waiver? <laughs> yeah. Like you need to. Okay. We need to establish an LLC. They're coming after our personal <laughs> assets. Okay. So on the count, arms up. And I'll be focused more on counting than anything else. Okay. So ready? Set, go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hands down in your lap, eyes closed. I just want you to notice how you feel. Do you notice any tingling? Notice the sound of the birds. Notice the sounds of your environment. And then direct your attention back to your body. Just sit there with whatever is seething, moving through your body, any energy. I want you to take a deep inhale through your nose. And exhale through your mouth. Another one. Making sure your feet are planted wherever they are. You're fully aware of your own body and your space. Now I want you to raise your arms. We're going to do three more sets of 10. Hands up. On the count. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, 
seven, eight, nine, ten. Hands down in your lap, palms up. Again, just noticing how you feel. Maybe you feel like a buzz going through your body. Maybe you feel lightheaded. That's okay. I want you to just breathe in through your nose. Do a grounding breath, breathing in through your nose, deep into your belly. Breathing out through your mouth, letting it out slowly. Any thoughts that come in, just let them go. And just focus on how your body feels. If it helps to do a scan, starting at the top of your head, going down to your shoulders, your chest, your stomach. Breathing in through your nose again. Out through your mouth slowly. I want you to raise your hands again. Do the quick exhales through the nose. We count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hands back in the laps. Palms up. Just enjoying what it feels like to be right here, right now. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Now I want you to think of three memories. We're going to think of three memories and I want you to recall. The first one, I want you to think of a moment where you felt joy, pure pure joy. I want you to see where you were, see what you saw, hear what you heard, smell what you smelled. I want you to completely get into that memory of just joy. Who was around you? What were you doing? Can you feel that same joy coming up into you again? Feeling fully present in that memory as if you are reliving it right now in this moment. Now I want you to think of a moment where you felt love. That sort of love that bursts out of you. I want you to see what you saw, hear what you heard, feel what you felt in that moment. Who was around you? Was anyone there? What was going on when you felt love either towards someone or something or you felt like you were receiving it i want you to be fully present and relive that memory in every single detail you're smiling to yourself last memory i want you to recall is one where you felt gratitude just an overflow of gratitude a moment where you said this is it this is life this is everything in this moment i want you to pull up that memory i want you to step into it i want you to see what you saw hear what you heard feel every beautiful moment of that outpouring of gratitude
Now I want you to think of something that's been gnawing at you. Maybe it's a situation, maybe it's an interaction, maybe it's something that hasn't happened yet, but you feel anxiety about. I want you to think of that thing and I want you to take that love, that joy, and that gratitude that is pumping through your body right now. And I want you to look at that situation, that experience, that thing that might happen through the eyes of love, joy, and gratitude. Can you hold it like it's an image, a black and white image in your palm? And you just feel love and joy and gratitude towards that situation. How does that change it for you? If you feel any tension coming up in your body as you think of the situation, I want you to recall one of those three memories. Focus on the love, focus on the joy, focus on the gratitude. Choose to feel that, even as your body might react with tension. I want you to choose the memory, choose the feeling that you want and experience that instead. A deep breath in through your nose, as deep as you can, the deepest breath you have taken all day long. Open your eyes as you let it out. Man, how you feel, Taylor? I feel like I might struggle to finish up a podcast oh, right now. God. I'm in a different place. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You can go to a completely different place. I went to several different places. Mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared for that. Collaborate. I guess I just, I, I guess I'm continually amazed kind of to what you said earlier, Rosanna, about we can be in this other mental state. And I honestly find myself, there's like levels to it. This happens to me during meditation too. For the first three minutes, I'm like, my mind is just more active than it ever could. It's almost like all the stuff that's buried down just comes out in this list. And it was the same thing during this. I was like thinking about what other people doing looking at us and whatever through the first one, right? Yeah. Second time you get in a little bit more. And then the third time I was like completely into it and just deeper within myself. And then you took us down like the joy, love, gratitude stuff. And that just like, I mean, I felt like I was in disconnected from my physical body in a way um so that's what i meant like you took me to another place and it's crazy because that was what like five minutes or something. i don't i don't even know how long it was honestly it could have been 10 I don't... it was like a whole day in 10 seconds yeah i actually thought about this at the beginning of the pod taylor when you were talking about nicole's soothing voice from last week i didn't have an opportunity to say it then but i was thinking about rosanna's voice being the same but mm -hmm. going through that little process right there I don't know, you just have this ability to like, I don't know, it just feels so calm and comfortable. And then I forget it's you. It's just this like pleasant voice in my head. It's sort of not directing me. I don't know the right the right term, like not telling me where to go, but just sort of guiding me there. And it's, I don't know, it was just so beautiful and soothing. It's funny you say that because I, um, obviously multiple people had said it and I already thought the same thing. Nicole's like calm and has a, uh, like soothing voice and that's awesome i would also say like you're very different like you're mm -hmm. more animated and have a different type, <laughs> which i think just the point i'm trying to make is that like and i agree with what you just said like when you took us through that i was like wow you're very good at this which is also probably doing a disservice to how many times you practice that on your own or with clients 
Um, but the point I'm trying to make is I feel like we all have gifts and it's not like yes. one person has like this perfect voice and like they're the only ones can do that. I've heard people say to, to us, they're like, you guys have really good podcast voice. And I'm like, well, nobody would have even known that or said that if we didn't actually do a podcast. So some of these things that are in us, you have to actually cultivate yes. and put your voice out there for people to actually like see your gifts. I know that sounds so obvious, but like we all have something to give. Yeah. I know you were winding down, but can I tell a story? You're not winding down. I'm oh, not okay. feeling like it started. <laughs> Several things that I still yeah. don't touch on. You're not getting out that easy, yeah. Rosanna. Because, and I was thinking about this earlier, because one of the reasons I never, ever would have thought I would do anything in the wellness space is because, and I really enjoyed the episode with Nicole, and I do love her voice, but I am not like that. I am, I mean, people have described me as a cartoon. And I am very animated, very cartoon-like. So to think of like me ever guiding anything anyone through something calming was just like, no. Also, when I was in college, I was majoring in journalism. And, um, but I was like, oh, I think I'm going to go down the track of PR. And I was told, well, good, because you have a voice for TV, which basically means if people don't see you when they hear you, like, it's just too much because my mm -hmm. voice is so, so all over the place, which unbeknownst to me at the time, consciously, that was part of the reason also with the podcast where I was like, I don't have a voice for that. I don't, that's not me. Like you have to see all of this craziness that goes with the voice to do that. But again, that is the beauty of we are all multifaceted. And in context of what we're doing, like I can be incredibly goofy and crack jokes and curse. And I can lead someone through a breathwork session or process that I think that I know is going to be incredibly powerful for them. And that is just again, I feel like I've overused this, but it is truly the beauty of life, like where you don't have to fit in a particular box to be able to do something. You just hit on something that I think is super important. Like somebody put a self-limiting belief in your head and they probably meant it in a good way, but they put that in your head and you, like we all do, that just became part of who we are. Yes. I have to be on TV because I'm animated. Is that true? One person said it and meant it in a good way. Mm -hmm. But then you thought, well, if I if they only hear my voice and they can't see my face, I'm not going to come across the way that I want to come across. And I just think it's fascinating, which is why I feel like we all have this responsibility to undo this conditioning that we all go through. Oh, yes. Tina, I thought you had something. No, I was, I'm just still sort of overwhelmed by, <laughs> by the breathwork, honestly. I mean, I, I've done a little bit of it in, in different ways. Like Taylor said, I think he's um, mostly done the Wim Hof method mm -hmm. or something similar. Um, that's sort of been my experience, except for I did one session with you also that was different than what we just did. But both of them were awesome. I remember when I got done uh, with the session with you previously, this little, the feeling that I had. And I think that one was maybe an hour or mm -hmm. 45 minutes. I can't remember something in, in that length. And the same thing it goes by you get done and you're like man i feel like i've been laying here for three weeks but also i feel like i just laid down yeah. it's, it's the weirdest combination of, of feelings and and i felt similar now which is awesome because taylor and i've talked about this before it's like maybe you can't go on a six-week road trip to find yourself right mm -hmm. but maybe you can go somewhere for the weekend and pull some of the same feelings out of it and and so i feel the same i did an hour-long breathwork session with you and i just did a whatever that was five to ten minute breathwork session with you and they're so valuable in a park that's less than five minutes away from my home so right. how often do we sit in our like 
room, right? And we're like, yeah. I am so stressed. It's like, put your shoes on and go outside. Yes. Put your shoes on, go outside. Yes. So walk around the lake, turn on a podcast. I don't know, whatever your thing is, open up a book and read it. Stop, get off Instagram. If that's something that's like triggering for you at times, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. No. Like we are five minutes from the home. How long? It doesn't take much to come out here. You could search breath work on YouTube, do a guided breath in 30 minutes. You're, you're in a whole nother state of couldn't and, agree more. And since we talked about the money thing earlier, everything you just said is free. Every bit of it. Yes. I mean, how simple is that? Mm -hmm. Everybody it, it, can do it. Along those same lines, and I completely agree that. I mean, I was already thinking about this before you said that. So it's a good segue. I found myself as I've gotten older, the things that I was willing to spend money on when I was younger and the things that I've been willing to spend money on when I'm older have completely shifted. Like mm -hmm. material stuff. I'm like, ah, you know, do I like getting a new pair of shoes or whatever? Yeah. But like when I was younger, it was like, oh no, I got to have these, right? Mm -hmm. I would never spend money. You're like, this person can lead you through a guided breath work. It's like, what is that? A meditation? Yes. Like I'm not paying to go do this person to breathe with me. I don't even know what that means, you know? And now I'm just like <laughs> constantly like, what is that thing that I can do that like, it's going to cut, how much is your session? It's a hundred dollars. I'm like, I'll absolutely do that. Like, I'm so mm -hmm. curious in that aspect. And if I get a lot out of it, let's keep going down that path. Right. If I feel like there's something else where maybe it wasn't that this has happened to me, right? Like not every single thing that everybody does is going to speak to you and it's yeah. fine. Try new things. And like, be willing to put your money there. Like if we we all go through these trying times, if we're anxious or depressed or whatever that is, like I'm oftentimes shocked at like the lack of desire to try new things to get you out of it. And uh, yeah, I just feel like I'm really open to saying like, I will pay this person. And like, they do deserve to make money for doing this. Cause like, why do we tend to think that like, you know, if you, if you give me this product, I'll pay for it, but you didn't create anything tangible. So I'm, it's like, I mean, you didn't create anything tangible, but your whole outlook on life is better. That should cost yes. more than the tangible product. That's anyway. my experience. My first breathwork session, like I said, was through that coaching program about limiting beliefs around money. And I, I mean, it's definitely not something I would have tried, but I liked, I also had never really had any interest in hypnosis, but like, again, it was a part of the program. So I was like, fine, whatever. I'm open. I'll try hypnosis. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then she kept talking about how impactful breathwork was. And I was just like, I almost went into it like, I'm going to test this because I don't believe it. But I like her. I've liked everything else we've done. So I'll give it a shot. And I came out of that session and I was like, I don't know what just happened. But that one session was worth the cost of the whole program. Because I was like, and for me, somebody who, like, you know, you were talking about like kind of peeling back the layers of conditioning and like I have dealt with so much like confidence and self-esteem issues. And I came out of that breathwork session and I just had this deep sense of just self-love and peace with myself that I never had before because and honestly because a lot of times I tied it to external things or it, physical things image like that sort of thing and it was the first time I was like oh this is what they mean when they're like you have to feel like you have to love yourself and I was like I do I'm pretty great <laughs> oh and I was like if I could just bottle this feeling up and give it to people wow and I know this can sound so like Miss Universe but wow, wouldn't the world be a better place? Because I do genuinely feel if we had that level of love and peace with ourselves, inevitably the way you interact, the way you show up in the world, the choices you make, the things you invest our money and our time in radically change. Radically. I, uh, it's funny you say that. I had like that epiphany actually, which is crazy to think that this concept of self-compassion, not compassion, self-compassion. I actually sent you a podcast. I don't even know if the podcast was that great, but it was like the first, 
it was my first, ex maybe it wasn't my first experience, but it was the first time it hit home for me where it was like, I feel like I'm a really compassionate person towards others. What about towards yourself? Ooh. And I think that like, I've sent it to you, Tina. I remember, I remember exactly where I was. I was in my Airbnb over here in Plaza Midwood when I'd first moved to Charlotte for over here. And uh, so it was like three years ago. And I was like, that was a completely new concept for me. Cause it was like, but I'm a good person. I feel like I show compassion to other people. And I was like, that's great. But what about like the root of it, the foundation for yourself? Oh, that's a little bit harder to deal with. Even when you just said you're like, you dealt with like self-doubt stuff. I'm like you can cross this like super confident person. And maybe some of that is like seeing you were like more on this journey of like taking a step out there and putting yourself out there. But I think it's honestly like, it's good to hear, right? Because so many people, we all have self-doubt. And I think some people you look at and you're like, no, not Rosanna. She's just killing it out there and following her path. And it's like, I'm sure you face stuff every day. We're like, I took this step. Well, it didn't go away. Now it's time to take the other step. And that doesn't get any easier because I was surprised to hear you say that in one way. Cause I'm like, you don't come across that way. But in the other way, I'm like, oh, well, she is a human being. <laughs> like, so we all have this. She's a human who humans. Yeah, exactly. No, it's absolutely been so. And it's funny you say it because my first episode that I recorded for Breaking Labels was talking about how I had always felt like the the sidekick friend. Like I always had like really, really pretty friends and I was always kind of the funny one. I was kind of off to the side. And it started even like when I was a kid, my mom was really, really beautiful. And people would always come up to her in the store and be like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And they look at me like, you look just like your dad. And like, nobody means that in a mean way, but like to me as a kid, I'm like, I look like a 50 year old man. Like, what? That is the absolute last There's thing. another one of those bullshit seeds that I'm right. talking about. Then it's your responsibility as an adult to unwind all the stuff and figure out where it came from. Yes. But when I talked about that on the podcast and like how I always had this feeling of like, well, it's somebody else's job to be the pretty girl. It's somebody else's job to be like that. Like, I'm good at what I do. I'm good at speaking. I'm good at like whatever. But like, that's not. Like, that's not me. And I had so many girls, not girls, women reach out to me like, I never had any idea you felt like that. And I feel like that too. And it was just this moment of like, <gasps> we all think we're alone and we're all going through the same BS. Exactly. It was such a beautiful moment of feeling community and feeling so let, so seen and heard, but also like you have people, like people get it. And that is also such a powerful powerful feeling it is yeah it changes the way we interact with people once you start to realize stuff like that it changes the way that you interact with yourself too which is super important mm -hmm. I, I was still just thinking about the the breathwork session that we just had sorry to go back to it but it's just i just feel oh, this way right now I don't, I don't know um but one thing that i was thinking and I know you don't need to know all of my thoughts on this, but that's not necessarily the point for me to share them. Although I will say this too, as a side note, every, I'm glad that I edit our podcast because every time that I edit, there's some point in there where I just like talk about myself for about seven minutes straight with no breath. And like, I cut at least some of that. I mean, I do leave some of it in, but I cut it out and I'm like, Literally, no one wants to hear you just continuously talk about yourself over and over again. You, say that, you say that, but there's never been one episode where I'm like, teen went down this path that Thank I didn't you. care about. And, it, and I would argue that's a good quality to have that self-awareness because I think there are people that do that. And I'm like, dude, you talk for 20 minutes. And they're like, no, nah, I, I still have more to say. Like, never, I've never <laughs> felt that way with you. So Maybe it's disguised right now as self-awareness so I can continue on into this little diatribe I'm about to go on where I'm going to talk about myself. So I really, it's not really awareness. It's more like giving permission to myself or something. Uh, I think. God. 
Now I am going to be on team. That one was a bit much. You set me up. <laughs> so we might have to cut this one out, but I'm going to talk about myself for a second. First, I was going to talk about going through that. You just talk about all the feelings that you might feel and that they're all okay. I mean, you do feel like a lightheadedness or a dizziness, which almost, instead of taking your focus away, it almost like centers your focus in a way which I thought was really interesting because I'm afraid, even when I did the hour long one with you, I was sort of afraid of this, like you hear the word hypnotherapy and you think about whatever movie you've seen that shows hypnotherapy yeah. and it's like you just fall asleep and stuff happens and then you wake up and you don't know. So I thought about that when I was doing the previous uh, session with you, um, but I, I gave into it and I, I did the thing. I mean, you wouldn't be doing it if it was gonna be harming you anyway. So I did feel a lot of those this time. I felt like a little dizziness and lightheadedness and tingle, um, which is just a real interesting thing because I'm just very aware of like how my whole body feels right now. But it takes you on such a wide range of emotion. It makes me think of like maybe not to this extreme. I just recently went bungee jumping. So I think about the extreme stuff like skydiving. When you jump out of the plane, it's just like all adrenaline and fear. And then you pull the chute and then it's like, euphoria kind of when you're just like floating up above the world and you're just like man it's just so beautiful to be alive in this world and then you have to land and then you're back in this like all right now i have to like get my body to function in this way so i can land the parachute and i don't know if that's a good uh, association or not but i sort of felt like that there were several emotions that i went through which i thought was kind of kind of awesome and then especially when you took us on the joy love and gratitude and for some reason, this is where I was going to talk about myself. I feel this overwhelming feeling that I want to share my three. I know that's not the goal of like the exercise or whatever, but I'd like to share them. And it's going to culminate in a feeling that I'm like currently going through right now. So I may or may not get emotional about it. I can't believe neither one of us has cried yet. I know. Um, typically in Rosanna and I's conversations, at least one, if not both of us end up shedding some tears. So maybe that won't be the case, I hope. But the first one with joy, actually, I was thinking about the first time that I completed a marathon in person, in which you were there for in Oklahoma City. And yeah, just like, man, that's a crazy, another range of emotions. <laughs> man, if you want to go through a range of emotions, you should go run a marathon or some long distance because, man, like hatred comes up and fury <laughs> along with the whole other spectrum of just like uh, all the happiness and uh, validation of, of the training and stuff like that that goes that goes on and then uh, so i thought about that one for my first one i know that i told you this when we were there i always read the daring greatly quote before i do anything major like that and that was pretty cool i always think about that when i run a long race and you held a sign that said something about daring greatly which was also really cool i needed that at mile 19 or whatever. It was wherever. in the thick of it. Was yeah. the man in the arena? I'm yeah, the man yeah. in the arena. So, yeah, thank you. The man in the arena by Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, so anyway, she was holding a sign at like mile 19, which at mile 19, you desperately need a little boost if you're in a marathon. But the other one, love. I, well, the first thing I, I think about is my mom in general, but specifically I thought about, um, and I've talked about it on this podcast when I wanted to tell them that I had thoughts of taking my own life and just like, Sorry. Like the overwhelming love that I received, you know, from my whole family and friends and my mom. And I just think it's relevant to bring up because, like, it's a powerful feeling. Man. Woo! 
This isn't even the one I thought was going to get me. I thought the next one was. I just think that was important to share because it speaks to like what we just did. The whole breath work. I mean, I didn't know that I was going to talk about that today. I didn't know it was going to come up in my mind. And, and I'm getting emotional, but I'm not sad, you know, about talking about it. It's, I think it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing, positive thing. Um, and if that's something that can come out of breath work, breath work, then yeah, I guess I'm here endorsing that, uh, <clears throat> that whole process is, it's very valuable. And then, the, the last one, a gratitude piece. I don't know why I'm getting like this. I wish you would just let yourself get like this. Oh, yeah, how strawberry. This is part of what our podcast is for. I'm going to make a joke, but you know, no, I feel please, the same way. Yeah. <laughs> not, only, not only are we not afraid to cry on our podcast, but if you do, just eat some strawberries. <laughs> I mean, if we aren't breaking down mainly stereotypes here right now, Southern man pulled in at his Dodge Ram 2500 and started tearing up and eating blueberry strawberries. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Put that man in a box and tell me he also sells pipe. It's like, damn. Can't put them in a box, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was this tactic to try to like break up the the feel of the path that I was going down? Do I don't want to break it up. I want yeah, you I know. going down it. I was just trying to get you in a good enough space where you could talk. I also yeah. hope that you don't edit it out because I think it's important for, again, people to just hear like raw emotion. It's not a negative. Well, the whole reason that I feel like this was re relevant was because today I'll say today because the day that this airs is literally it's hilarious. This goose. <laughs> I mean, literally came over here and just started screaming into the microphone. Basically, he's like, "I'm gonna let you say that, but first, <laughs> yeah, let me." He wants to talk about himself too. <laughs> when this airs, it will be four years since I took a sip of alcohol. Man, which is crazy. I don't know the the milestones haven't really hit me that much yet because I, I try not to look at them that way. I mean, it's a one day at a time kind of process. But yeah, for some reason, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And when you say gratitude, I'm just grateful to yeah still be here and um, and have the ability to have addressed a lot of things that that needed to be changed in my in my own life and i just i wrote um I, I will have to clarify this i can't i can't say that it's been four years without saying this people are like that, that doesn't even matter you shouldn't even say it but i was at a church service one time and i took communion and i didn't realize that they served real wine in that little thimble size cup or whatever and i thought it was grape juice and i took my little wafer and I hammered the little glass of wine, and I knew immediately, like I smelled it and I felt it in my chest and my breath. And I was like, you gotta be freaking kidding me because I love ha having the ability to say, nope, not one <laughs> single sip in oh, how much every time. And so actually there has been one sip, but other than that. Restart the clock, restart the clock. Yeah. I love that you feel adamant. And everybody who heard that was like, you need to talk about this is yeah. insignificant. A man of principle here. Yeah. Yeah, but I have to say it, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and I just wrote about it um, that I'm going to put out there, hopefully tomorrow, a little bit about the day that I stopped, how it how it sort of happened, and a little bit about the process and how I addressed it over time. And, and, and yeah, then I wrote about the gratitude piece. So as soon as you said the word gratitude, I'm, that 
that that came obviously flaring up pretty pretty strongly for me so i, I appreciate y'all letting me struggle <laughs> through that and and get there but yeah it's emotional i mean i i, I think that all that stuff is is so important i mean rosanna I'm, obviously i'm so happy that we've got you on here and that you've been my friend for a long time and you've always given me a space to to be the person that i am and i've gotten emotional in front of taylor before and that's even more difficult uh, to get emotional in front of a fellow male for whatever reason you know there's not there's not a lot of times where you feel very comfortable being like that in front of in front of another man so i appreciate y'all for that for sure i didn't mean to get us way off of course there but um you're good that was exactly the course this is about yeah i don't know how to jump back into to our podcast after i just went on that but is there anything that y'all want to add i don't we don't have to wrap it up with. i don't know that i had as crazy emotions as you do i mean it definitely like brought me back and that was good with the exception of the first one which is interesting because joy was the first one that we did and i thought that maybe in some ways i would continue to go deeper and anyway they were all good but when we did the joy one i got these like i've actually gotten in before when i do breath work and honestly it's kind of a good guide for me to know that i'm following my passion i've gotten it after we get new podcasts it's an adrenaline rush right and like how often do we get older in these things when you're like maybe like a kid it's like that really fired me up it's like it wasn't just like, oh, I'm excited. I mean, it is that, right? But like, it's a physical sensation in your body. So if somebody's wondering, like, what does it feel like when you're passionate about something? I want, I honestly feel like there's probably people out there that have denied their passion for so long. It was like, I forgot what that felt like. And so for me, like the frequency of that is like, oh, you're on the right path. But I got it when you did the joy one, because my joy, which I guess I'll share too, was like, and I guess I could go through a lot of different things. I find it hard sometimes, but I got to pick out one joyful moment, not like so many things to choose from. But uh, it was when I had like walked on and was like laying down on, in like Sanford Stadium and like they were playing Phil Collins in the air tonight. And I guess that was the first time where I was like, oh, wow, I actually like did what I set out to do over the course of like, you know, three years prior. And I guess it just like hit me in that moment. And I remember being like, I'm deeply present right now. I'll never forget this. It was like, take it all in. So I think it's hard for us to do sometimes because we just want to like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? We never appreciate the present moment. But uh, yeah, when you said that though, that's where I went. And it was like multiple like shooting bursts of like adrenaline and like goosebumps through my body. But I just thought I'd share. I've done that a couple times during, um, like, like I said, uh, corporate trainings. And what has been really, really beautiful to see is each time the people who are the most receptive to it are there's usually a few of them that i don't expect to be and i the ones that end up tearing up because i don't usually do joy love and gratitude i didn't actually know i was going to say those until i said them usually i just focus on three moments of love and what's i don't really get to be in it right because i'm watching but to watch people like their faces to watch people cry and to watch somebody who I knew coming into this was like, Bruh, or <laughs> what? And for them to just be so in the, that they actually, for that moment, let themselves go enough to be in that moment and have that emotion come up. To me, it's just like, that is the greatest gift. The greatest gift. Now I feel like I might get emotional. That like truly at any time of day, any moment, we can choose what feelings and emotions we feed. And it's like that thing where like you have two dogs that you're feeding, which one will grow. And it's like, it's so easy to get caught up in your day and the hectic, like 
just get to the next step, just to, you know, and get in that. Or even like when you are just in a horrible place, something awful has happened. Maybe you just lost somebody you loved, like to get into the the sadness and the negativity that might be around it and know that, yeah, but you still have that, like you can call on these moments. And even if like, I've actually done breath work with a few people who are grieving the loss of someone. And I think a big thing in grief that I've never really thought about is like the ability to feel the love and the joy and the gratitude for that person and allow yourself to grieve the loss of them. Like it doesn't have to be either or. Like I think sometimes people are thinking, well, if I'm grieving them about them, if I want to stop grieving, I need to stop thinking about it. And it's like, why would you stop thinking about someone that you love so much? Like allow yourself that. Allow your allow them that honor that you would go there and you would feel those feelings that you felt towards that person. And I think if we allowed ourselves to do that a lot more, it would shorten the duration of the pain because we're not trying to push it off and push it off and push it off. Like just sit in it and feel joy and gratitude because you can, you can hold space for both. I love that. Beautiful. Taylor, do you have anything else before I wrap us up that you want to? You know, I always feel like I have some random thought and then I say it and I'm like, I don't even know if that was connected to the conversation. <laughs> or do you have I'll say it again in the spirit of vulnerability and the ability to edit. Um, <laughs> well, you said that you feel like when we started doing the breath work that you, you go to this other place and then you have to come back to reality. I've found that if you do things like that frequently enough, which is the ability to like cultivate a practice, right? And that it's not talk about it presence right it's not something you figure out one time and you're like boom i'm always present i think you have to create routines and habits so that you continually get the benefit of it to be honest nobody's perfect at it but um i found that like the more frequently i do some of these things that it actually changes like the outward perspective right which i guess isn't a shock i think if you change your internal then it changes your outlook outlook on the external and so when you said like you get to go to these deep places almost like you're in another world and then you come back here I've actually found that the world I come back to oftentimes, I felt it so much on like this road trip. I know I keep coming back to that, but it was like so completely different. I think that like things that I take for granted every day, it's like, oh, I'm just like in a park and it's like, yeah, this is pretty. It was like, no, like, I mean, can we just acknowledge the fact that we are on a planet, like, you know, here because of like gravity and like we are going around the sun, which provides like the right temperature for us, also spinning on its axis. And, like, bananas. What? But yet we get caught up into like, man, had a bad day at, at work or whatever, right? Or like, what are, what are we talking about? Like, there are like trees and like, I don't know, just the relationships and human beings, like all this other stuff that like, I just feel like we get caught up in living these like really superficial lives. And so I think when I do more stuff like that, it helps me to just like go really deeply and appreciate stuff that because we were just born onto this earth and I was like, that's water and this is a lake and this is like the ocean. I mean, the ocean in and of itself, like everything that's there and like the life and just like what it can provide. I, I found myself like more connected to that stuff. So I could probably ran, r ramble on for a long time about it, but it literally was like just this whole shift in my outward perspective. Like the other day, it sounds so random. I'm like, what are you even talking about? I remember just looking at like this leaf on the ground and I was like, why is that so amazing right now? You know, it seems so insignificant, but I just think we like take so much for granted yes. sometimes. And I think that when you go deeply within yourself like that, it just reshifts your perspective to wanting something external to happen. And it's like, it's the thing you always hear, right? It's like changes internal and that in return changes your external lens. So I just thought that was, that was my one random thought. The musical artist J.J. Gray, he has this song called Lock Lusa where he talks about Lock Lusa's 
I think of it as for me, it's Plum Branch, South Carolina, this little country lake that I grew up going to. But his is this place called Lock Lusa. And he's like, you go there and it's just like kind of like the setting we're in today. There's like this pond, you're in nature, you have no worries. And he's like, somebody will ask me, you know, you go there to escape from reality. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And he's like, then I think about it for a minute. And I'm like, no, like I go there to get reality. And that's what it made me think about when you were just saying all that. It's like, oh, we just disappeared to this this place and we escaped from reality. No, we didn't. Like we're actually understanding and feeling reality. And then we can translate that to our daily life. The the live version, he kind of explains it like that. And I'm just like, man, yeah, I want to go somewhere where I can get to reality. I don't want to escape anything. I want to bring it with me wherever I go yeah. and and share that. Yeah, you had mentioned that one before, and I think it's a great line. The other one, I, I heard something that struck me the same thing, right? It was like we hear people saying, like, oh, I'm, like, getting off Instagram or social media. Like, I'm disconnecting. It's like, actually, you're plugging back into, like, who you are. It's the opposite. Yeah. You were mm. disconnected already. Like, you're actually plugging back into the stuff that really matters. I like that. I haven't heard that before. Was... Same, same thing, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Rosanna. Man, thank you so much for joining us today. I told Taylor very shortly after we decided to do a podcast in November or whenever it was that I wanted to have you on here one day. So um, you were one of the first people that I thought about. I always wanted to be on your podcast, but then you geared it all towards women. And I was like, damn it, I'm not even going to ever bring anything to the table on Rosanna's podcast. I'm going to have to create my own podcast. And then I'm going to have you on here so we can do a podcast. What a journey. That's a lot. Yeah. So that's, that's been, uh, that seed's been growing for however five years or however long it's been since you started your podcast. For the record, breaking labels will start back up because yeah, it's start back up. That's where I'm going to get to interview you, both of you. Okay. So don't worry, but I'm glad that in that absence, this, this started because it needed to. You bring me a bunch of joy. I love you and I'm grateful that you were here today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This was wonderful. Awesome. Until next time.